Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a Monday, a conference, uh, Monday following a conference championship games in the NFL. We now have our Super Bowl matchup. A rematch of sorts between the Chiefs and 49ers having played just a couple of years ago uh, in the Super Bowl. They are back at it in a couple of weeks uh, in this one. Another disappointment, I think, for Lamar uh, in that game. And, of course, I think the Lions, uh, one of the more enjoyable stories of the entire NFL season, uh, doing the worst thing a team can do, which is drive home a largely uh, unjustified fear of like the worst happening. And then it happening. Mm. And it will take uh, Lions fans a very, very long time to recover from this. Hopefully they're able to erase it very soon. Because I can tell you that one of the best things that ever happened to me about 2000 was two years later they did win it. But, man, it took a long time to get over it. A long time. I can't imagine being a Lions fan and being in that building yesterday and watching that that meltdown. Because that had to be awful. Just awful, and that's that's one of those core memories, the bad kind. That that's you right. That you don't let go. Yeah, like they'll be talking about that for not thirty equal. years. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be talking about this for thirty, fifty years, especially if they don't go back anytime soon. This will be the one that got away. Yep. Because this felt like the year they could do it, and they were up by seventeen at halftime. I enjoy this. Texter texts in and says this. Please discuss Karan Davis getting on the overhead scoreboard, sitting at the game. You know, like at some point, maybe I'll write the book about this, this two years with Kenny as the head coach. I don't know. Because it is something I've wanted to do. But whoever does decide to do so, if they do so, is going to have to have an inexplicable but necessary chapter on Karan freaking Davis, who is probably a very nice kid uh, and meaningless as a basketball player in the history of Louisville basketball. Because he didn't play. I mean, that, that, never that, that's played. not an insult. He and didn't yet, play a minute. And yet has hovered over and dropped the occasional dropping on this entire season. Yeah. And in a weird – I don't know how you feel about this, but like in an odd way, him you know, just being captured on the, you know, the screen and now he's – feels kind of perfect. In the, in the way that all the worst things have felt perfect <laughs> since Kenny's been the head coach. I don't know how else to say it than that, but thank you for texting for, for asking about that. I sent that to a couple people when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, 
Everything about that is like what? It couldn't have. Like, and then, but at the same time, when you see it, you're like, of course. That's what I mean. Like it could. It, any other program, any other coach, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. But somehow, it's perfect for the Kenny Payne era at, at Louisville to have this guy who was a recruit that nobody really had heard about, and there was a lot of consternation when he was when he was signed at the time. To a guy who. Played in an exhibition game and never played again. There was rumors of a dust-up or at least some kind of altercation in practice, whatever it was. And had the weird story where they uh, said he wanted to transfer. He came out and said he didn't want to transfer. They came out and said he was kicked off the team. They are trying to be nice about it. <laughs> like all this stuff comes out. And then he doesn't leave. He sticks around and still hangs out with his old teammates who, if the story is to believe, like he was bad mouthing or whatever, that's what Kenny told the rest of the team. Like the whole thing is bizarre. Every little piece of the story is weird. And then you stitch them all together and it's the oddest tapestry you've ever seen in your life. And it's still going on because Cron Davis is still in town. I don't know if he doesn't, if he's just not going to, con- you know, continue his basketball career elsewhere, if it's the timing in the middle of the year just didn't make sense and he's just hanging around. I don't know if he's still in school. I haven't done that database search that you know to see if he's in the student body. It's he's weird that he's here. still here. And he goes to women's games. He goes to I men's know. games. He just hangs out with the guys. Is it funny? Well, it's funny that he was up there. I guess my question would be: Do you think that the person working the the camera at the do you think they knew who that was? I don't know. They're they're pretty astute usually. Like I, I don't know if they know because he didn't play. Like he played an exhibition game. They may not know his face that well. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like in a way, it would kind of just be perfectly drive home. Here's a guy that that no one even recognizes who he sure. is, and he's just sort of trolling Kenny every day. Uh, with so what you think it is? Just being. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't. I don't. I just don't know the kid well enough to exactly. to, to speculate I have at all. No personal data on him at all to tell you that I think he's messing with him or that he feels wronged yeah. or that he's a great kid or that he's the worst kid. I have no idea. I don't. I don't. I know. think the simplest explanation. Is that he maybe was – he really didn't want to leave Louisville because he said that, basically. I think he couldn't believe he was here. Well, he didn't want to leave. And at the break, he he didn't have an offer to okay. go anywhere else yet because nobody has seen him play. He wasn't a highly ranked JUCO recruit. He was not. So there weren't a lot of offers, I think, at the mid, and he didn't want to commit to maybe one of the smaller schools that might have reached out to him. And he just said, the heck with it. I like these guys. I just want to hang out with them. This is what I know. Why should I leave right now? It's it's weird. It's a bizarre situation. Thankfully, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about around the program, so it just kind of gets shuffled away. You know, it's just a weird story because that's what it is. It's an oddity. It's an odd story that, in a lot of ways, perfectly captures what has been abysmal uh, leadership from the top pretty much from the day Kenny got here, unfortunately. And the Virginia game, it was one of the few you get in a year. You don't play a lot of teams twice, you know, uh, but it's one of the few chances that you get during a year to try and show some sort of improvement. Like, objectively, there's just – here is a game that you have played already. You play this team again. Demonstrate some improvement. Demonstrate the ability to learn from how the other one went. You know, demonstrate the ability to prepare for a unique opponent. Like, there, there are a handful of games on the schedule. We know that when Louisville plays them, you have to get ready for them, for somebody who does something different. You know, Carolina, like, don't blink. 
you have to get ready to go up and down yeah. in Virginia. Blink. Like, Virginia is very singular, though. Like, you know, like there's there's yeah. some teams, but that's funny. But there's some teams that that try to do something similar. But Virginia is the only team that combines that pack line with that slow pace. Yes, uh, and that's really and you've, you've already played them. Yes. So here's your chance. Here's a data. Here's a second data point in the season, and they got annihilated right out of the gate. And unlike in some of the other games where they fell uh, hilariously behind, uh, didn't really ever dig out, just sort of bounced around the same between 20 and 17, 25 and 17. It was a 28-point halftime deficit, yeah, never, if I remember correctly. But never got it back to like six. Right. No, I'm saying like they had a longer way to go this time. That was our largest halftime deficit since 1938. So we've gone past the 1941 boys from last year. We're at 1938 now. Our large, third largest of all time. Our largest halftime deficit since 1938. That's insane. That's insane. Since Peach Baskets. That's not okay. And the fact is it was 41 to 30. We scored 13 points in the first half. 13 points. It was 41-13 at halftime. Uh, it was... And it, it it wasn't that close. No, it didn't feel that close. In in a way that is only uh, highlighted by the fact that you played Virginia, or highlights that you played Virginia. Do you know how hard it is, Dave, to play Virginia and have like a bunch of highlights on offense from Virginia? And yet, uh, it was almost like the CW crew knew there were only going to be so many baskets anyway. We better lose our minds on all of them. Because every single time Virginia dunked at all, it was like it was the, some sort of dunk contest from the late 80s. Have we defended a backdoor cut yet? Like, Virginia, how many times were they just open we? for the dunk? Like, the two of us? Yeah. <laughs> two of us have defended as many as the team That's has. exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. I figured. <laughs> the, we have defended as many as the the uh, it was bad. the young men that wear the uniforms for sure. It was bad, like to to get beat on the same thing over and over again, and just know see it coming, and just be like, "Welp, welp, welp." There they go again. Yeah, this guy Dunn put on a dunk contest like Jay Huff a couple of years ago. Yeah, like just repeatedly dunking along the baseline. Uh, but more than anything, I told you not to say that name ever again. I know, no. just sort of rubbing everyone's faces in it by the monotony of it. By the sameness of it. And, and I would have to imagine, you know, when you are high-level basketball or high-level football, that, you know, you're sitting down to make your game plan. And they're like, man, if we do this, they're, they're going to counter with this. You know, if we try to attack them this way, they're going to – we know they'll do this, so then we should try this. I wonder just how many times Louisville's opponents are caught off guard by the fact that Louisville doesn't do – the very basic things that every other team that they play does. Yeah, like, well, I wonder how often that's confusing by the fact that, like, why is he standing there? And you're like, they don't know, and we don't know. Like when there's three options on a play, yeah, and the first option is never covered. Yeah, or like a guy that's supposed roll, to read and you know? react, right? And, the, and, the, and then the Louisville guy just does nothing. And then, <laughs> if you're a Virginia well, guy, like, you're like, you look here, oh, what do I do now? And the play, like, well, you look here first, and that's probably going to be covered. So the play, it looked that way, and it's not covered. It's not covered. You're like, am I supposed like, to Hold on go? a second. <laughs> I, at some point, right, if you're, if you're uh, what was it, done uh, for, for Virginia, it's like, did the whistle blow? There's no one over here where I am. And I have the ball. It's like, sir, I think this is your area. It was awful. 
It was awful. And, and you had – there's just an, a special, uh, constant annoyingness to, to having it done by Virginia because it's so slow. It's deliberate. It's not – like they don't trick you. It's just all – long wound up punches to the face there's no rope it up here involved there's nothing uh surprising clever nothing just we're gonna do what we do you have no idea what you're doing we know it you know it despite having already played us once it, it was it was kenny Payne basketball it's like in Rocky when Rocky just lets himself get beat up for five rounds. Yeah, I, I actually he would be dead seventeen times in every movie. Yeah, I thought I actually thought I didn't tweet it or anything, but like I, like the the best explanation for the first half for Louisville was that they were just hoping Virginia would get tired. Like I don't know what else you could accuse them of trying to do than just wear out the arms of Virginia players. It was really bad. It was it was really bad in the arena. the The vibes were terrible, you know. And everyone's just looking around, going, "How has it gotten worse? How has it gotten worse since the first time we got embarrassed by these guys this year?" They looked so lost at the beginning of that game, and I it took a while to get that first bucket on the board, you know. And I think it was a free throw, wasn't it? I think I think we hit a free throw before we hit anything else, Mike James. And it just. It's tough. It's it's tough, and and you know, God love everybody that was in that arena, and a lot of them were cheering when we cut it to seventeen. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people in there were still trying to cheer on that team. Yeah, I do want to give some props to the CW crew, who I was just giving them a hard time for how much they lost it on every uh, done dunk. I do want to give them some props for this. They did not harangue us about how we should be happy with everything. Uh, or or you know lobby for Kenny or gaslight us. They didn't do any of that. But they went wild for every dunk, which was like some of them are just the dunk. So like sometimes a dunk is just a dunk. You can just chill out. But the fact that they they went really hard for Louisville cutting it, the deficit to like nineteen. <laughs> and we're we're like here comes like here they come don't let them get this thing under 20 was a phrase that was actually said <laughs> don't let them get this thing under 20 uh and then uh drew was laughing about it, and he's so right about this it made me laugh right when he said it you know virginia has a play where they i believe they get an offensive rebound after a long possession kick it out and the guy nails a three and it made the lead i think 22 again and he was like a dagger from virginia you're like i don't think that's a dagger at all this thing was never remotely close but for us it was like we'll call that one a dagger it's like when, when john snow had already been stabbed like 58 times and then he'd stabbed one more time yeah. like the dagger there Finished he was him. like he's dead man yeah he was already dead this game's over it was tough you know and this is so so days like saturday were why i wanted us to move on before the end of January. You know, this is why I wanted the conversation to move past this after the, the Kentucky game, because it just didn't look like there was any indication it was getting better. And having the same conversation for three months is not good for anybody. The same conversations over and over again, the same fight. And then when it devolves into not a fight anymore, 
a lot of people are just going to keep getting angrier because there's no outlet. That's not going to be, you know, that's just how it is. If you haven't done anything to change the conversation, that's how it devolves. And I just hope it doesn't get so much worse. I don't know how much worse it can get. Like, I'm just trying to, this is, this is why I hate it because I just don't even know how to wrap my mind around how people are going to react as it gets worse and worse. Where do we go from here? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because Virginia had two fast break points. Louisville also had two. How many points did they score again? Well, they won the game 69-52. 69 points for Virginia, nice, is like 89 points for everybody else. Right. <laughs> but they dominate that game with two fast break, fast break points. Louisville only made 15 baskets the entire game. It was the most basic actions for Virginia. I was I joked about it like they were getting dunks on stuff where it looks like it's like a tutorial where you're learning how to control her. Yeah, yeah. Just the, the, the like they were trying to illustrate like like make we're gonna make a YouTube video of us running through our actions so you can see them and that stuff worked. It would it, it just it couldn't have been more power than any of it. Let's get uh, Darren in here. And if you want to follow Darren, you can. 8150-939. Darren, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive on Nintendo. What's up? Black and red. I'm almost dead hey, down here at uh, <laughs> Lake. Hey, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey uh, three quick things. I'll be as quick as possible, Mark. I appreciate you guys. But, uh, uh, you know, this, the first half of the Louisville Virginia game kind of reminded me of the new uh, Capital One Charles Barkley commercial. Sorry, kids. That's kind of what it looked like to me. You guys aware of that commercial? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's kind of what it reminded me of. It was just Charles Barkley and all these little kids. I, it's just, you know, I will give Kenny Payne credit for one thing, and that was back to his original press conference, and I'll give him all the credit in the world for this. He sure wasn't lying when he said, uh, I need you. I mean, that that More honest than we knew, huh? Look, yeah. Looking back on it, you know, I need you. He just kept, he said it like seven or eight times, if you guys remember. Oh, I remember, yeah. Yeah, just, I'm like, what? What? Okay, one time's enough. You know, I, I even thought then, you know, how bad is this going to be, you know, with everything going on? But uh, that, and the, the, the second thing, guys, I, I, I even have a hard time talking trying to describe it sounds like i'm nervous on the radio and i'm really not it's just it's it's like you guys have said sometimes it's just so undescribable i don't know but the third thing i read a book uh hear me out on this i read a book one time it was a small book it wasn't about 45 to 50 pages back in college and the name of the book was called deviation with the sport and the reason I brought it up is, now I'm not saying every situation, but more often than not, these quarterbacks that set out for two, three weeks before a playoff, and we wonder why they lose, you know, timing gets off just a little bit. The, the, the live game action, I'm a true believer in what got you there, stick with it to the end. And that's basically what this deviation book was about. 
you know, you, you've seen those years and a lot of disappointments with quarterbacks, you know, where they set them the last week and then they miss, you know, out two more weeks. I mean, that's three weeks uh, for Lamar Jackson, you know, as far as live game action. Uh, I don't know. I just hate it for Lamar more than anything, man. I was – what the whole game, it was it was tough. But but anyway, guys, this, this Louisville thing, I'm, I've really been trying to think about who I would want as head coach – I haven't pinned anybody down just yet. It's a it's a big list, but uh, but anyways, guys, thanks for letting me talk. Uh, love you guys, love the show, and uh, hopefully one of these days it'll get better. And uh, kudos to the lady cards yesterday. And uh, as always, go card guys. Love y'all. Appreciate it, Darren. Always good uh, to hear from you, uh, buddy. Thank thanks, you, thanks, Darren. Uh, yeah, women had a big win. So the, just a full disclosure here. I uh, was telling Angela, you know what I wanted to do today was I went back and listened to the post-game press conferences for the Arkansas State loss, the DePaul loss, the first Virginia loss, the Duke game, the Wake Forest game, North Carolina game, uh, the Kentucky game. I went back and listened to almost all of them and I had actually saved three or four clips and I was going to like pull a ruse on everybody. What I was going to do was play some of Kenny's post game press conference answers and see if anyone recognized that they weren't from this game because they sound exactly the same. Yeah. And you go back to, uh, the post-game press conferences after Arkansas State, for which there's no excuse, or DePaul, for which there's no excuse, or even Wake Forest giving up, like, what, 18 threes or whatever it was. Like, they're, every one of these is just absurd. Uh, and they sound 100% the same. And that's why it just it, – this feels torturous to everyone. And I that's why I thought – so I, I felt like that was kind of just mocking – and I didn't want to do that yeah. I, because, like, I feel like they should they should fire him now, uh, or at any point, and it, it would be justified. But I don't I don't want to ever get to the place where I'm someone can accuse me of mocking because I'm not I won't do that. But so I felt like that if I had done that, and people might feel like it's what it is. But the point to illustrate we're past how, that part of the conversation. We but, know we know that that right. Happens. And the point of uh, but the point is to illustrate. We're, we don't move like this doesn't they don't change to a new level yeah. of being a team. The same uh, issues where he complains about guys have to show fight and have to uh, pay attention to the scouting report. And I told them all the same things that he's been saying over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again uh, about what the guys don't do right. He has been saying from the beginning of the year and it never changes. And it's it, it it's its own indictment, I think. Yeah, for sure. And you're right. Like it, we, We're so far past that conversation. We know he says the same thing in every press conference that I don't even know if we need to relitigate that at any point. It's just how, it's just how it, it goes. I know what he's going to say before yeah. he says it. You know, and, yeah. and I know there's not going to be anything of substance that I need to hear, you know, but I'll listen to it anyway. Like I'll go back and catch the highlights and go, <laughs> you know, yeah. every once in a while he says something interesting for the wrong reasons, you know. <laughs> But it's always just a variation of something he's already hammered into the ground. Like it, that's the issue is that there is no progress forward. You know, the little things that we can point to this season were really individual 
either talent upgrades or 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 some progress with like Brandon on the half field. But as a team, you know, offensively, they're I think they're more effective than last year. Defensively, is the same, the same level of of inadequacy or incompetence, you know, and I, and that comes from the coach. Speaking of, and I tweeted this over the weekend, and I I just loved it. Like I've come to truly admire Mike Tomlin. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. I was, you just loved your own tweet. Like I tweeted okay. this, and I loved it so much. I've I really have I've shared come it with all my friends just and family to love Mike Tomlin. Right, <laughs> I, I really have. And there's, I, I feel like it's no mystery. There's not an anything that's hard to understand about why his teams are always at least good, right? The because this guy gets it on this podcast uh, with Ryan Clark and Channing Crowder and Fred Taylor. He's talk. Uh, they're talking to him, and he's. I mean, he has a handful of things that he's constantly harping about. I love that line from him. It's not what you're capable of. It's what you're willing to do. You know, things like that. But he's talking about the the responsibility of coaching, and and running from it. And and I wanted to play this for people because I want I, the the reason to play this. I just said I didn't want to shame Kenny, but damn it, here we go. The reason to play this is I want you to just be honest with yourself if you've ever heard this from him one time. Listen. I love to hear coaches resist the responsibility of coaching. What'd you just say, coach? I love coaches <laughs> that resist the responsibility of coaches, that talk negatively about a dude that can't learn and blah, blah. Man, if everybody could learn, we need less coaches. Yeah, that's right. right? If, if the group didn't need management, then we wouldn't make as much. Yep. I love reading draft evals and, and, and somebody's talking about anything other than pedigree. Talking about how poor somebody's hand usage is. Well, that's coaching. Right. Mm. I don't run away from coaching. I run to coaching. Love it. It all is in line with that not seeking comfort. Because when you're a coach that's talking about somebody can't learn, you're seeking comfort. Because your teaching is struggling. Yeah. I, I I love every word of that video. I hate the fact that they talked over him saying, I love to face coaches. Yeah, they need to give a lot of room to breathe there. Well, who, who run from responsibility. They're easy to beat. And Channing Crowder talked over the top of it when he said that part of it. But here's a coach saying, if I read negative evaluation of a player, I blame his coach. Period. And I'm a coach. So when I read draft evals and you're picking on somebody's hand usage or whatever, some sort of technique thing, his coach sucks. I can fix that. Well, what he's that saying. part too. But, but uh, Yeah, but I'm saying like he's – those. he said That's so many my things. job to fix that. Right. He said so many things that were – it was like he was talking about Louisville. <laughs> I can't really when – you, when you shared that clip the other day, I was just like, is he responding directly to do you know how many people tweeted at me? Is that about Kenny Payne? <laughs> because it was Be so germane to no. the situation. You know why people? Because it is. It is it about him. It is about Kenny. And I, I again, imagine, has he ever sounded like that one time? No, because that's accountability, Mark. That's what that is. I don't run from coaching. I don't run from my job. Can you? Hey, hey, let's do it the other way. What you just heard from Tomlin and everything you know about him. Is there any time that you could ever envision him being like, just wait till I get my guys in here? No. 
Because they're all his guys. That's the point. Mason Rudolph, whatever. Let's go. The dude's never had a losing record. It's not by accident. It's not by accident. He had a tough closing kick this year, and he made it happen. And he I made mean, the they made the playoffs in a season, his la- the Roethlisberger's last year, where it looked like Roethlisberger was throwing with the other arm. Oh, my God. I've never seen Remember that? Like it. Yes. Where it was like, uh, uh, where it, like what was the, the rookie of the year? Like his arm didn't work anymore yeah. like it used to, and he just has to throw it like he regularly could. Like that's what, yeah, that's what Roethlisberger looked yeah. like uh, that last year, but they're in the playoffs. Rosenbagger. Because ultimately Tomlin is like, everything that happens here is my job. Yeah. All of it. And it does, like if I take over a roster and guys don't do, like. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to hear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just in the mired in what we're in. It's like, you know what? That's a head coach, a highly successful head coach that knows even if Pittsburgh doesn't give him the contract that he wants, he's got a job waiting for him somewhere else tomorrow Yep. because he's highly successful and he knows what he's doing. He doesn't run from coaching. It's just what I've been talking about, though. You know, readjusting expectations instead of meeting the challenge. You know, that's, that's the difference. Does it sound like he – adjust expectations ever with Steeler faithful or with Steeler management because they don't do that. And neither do we. And there's a little bit of difference between an NFL head coach and a college basketball head coach, but the principles are the same. The process is different, but the principles are the same. Yep. You know, and that's that's what we're missing here is somebody who's built for the job, quite frankly. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. And when we come back, something happened during the game against Virginia on Saturday that I thought was new. And I'm kind of curious what you think about that uh, and why we saw it finally uh, on Saturday. We'll talk about that. We'll continue to take your calls, your texts here throughout on the drive on Athenville. Be right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a Monday. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I know this weekend I'm probably well. It's actually it's two weeks from now. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll probably be betting the Chiefs and every single parlay I can find on them. Same. Yeah, there you go. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two 
or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel, FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com biscuit to sign up. That's FanDuel.com biscuit. Make every mo- moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and over and present in Kentucky. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, something happened, uh, Dave, this weekend during the Louisville-Virginia game uh, that I thought was new. Uh, that You don't haven't seen a lot of it. Uh, but over the weekend, Louisville's getting annihilated by Virginia. And there were two kind of national media folks who weren't like tweeting the game play-by-play or anything, but just noting games as they were going on. Uh, And Gary makes a comment about the Louisville-Virginia game and about Kenny as as the head coach here. And he said, this is uh, the point I made six weeks ago. So Jeff Eisenberg is the first person that said this couple – said, to me, firing Kenny Payne midseason feels more humane than keeping him in a job that he's clearly ill-suited for and subjecting him to twice-weekly ridicule. And Gary, so that's Eisenberg, I think it's what, Yahoo maybe? Yeah, Yahoo. And then Gary uh, Parrish with CBS right after that. This is the point I made six weeks ago. If Louisville thinks it's doing right by Kenny by letting him finish the season, it's not. He trends on social media after every humiliating loss. The kindest thing the school could do is remove him. I'm not. I don't want to have the. I don't want to have the the, mis, the the discussion if that's right necessarily, yet. But why do you think we're hearing it in this one, out of all the games up to this point? When I didn't feel like it was especially bad. It was just sort of what's. It's how games have gone. What is it about this one? We didn't score for several minutes at the beginning of the game when we were down 41 to 13 in halftime. That was the worst half of basketball this season, and that's saying something. Really. I mean, I think it was a little bit different this week. Uh, Virginia's not a great Virginia team. They're good. But they're not a great Tony Bennett team. That's right. They're you not. Know, they're good. But they're not great. They're on the bubble right now, you know, as are, as half the ACC. Like, it's – but they were so – thoroughly outclassed in this in this game and that first half was so embarrassing with that point total and that deficit that I do think it was different than some of these other games and every once in a while you're going to have a game like that like you you cut it to three against Duke and people pat you on the back and pat you on the head because it was a good effort and you hung with them and whatever you want to say you cut it to six at some point in the second half against North Carolina the same Virginia we didn't get within more than 17 was close as we got in the second half. We got our ass handed to us, and it was just a little bit worse than every single one of these other games. So I felt like it was a natural kind of, you know, pull, like it was it was a, it was a natural reaction to that. Basically saying, "What are you doing? Rolling this guy out two weeks, two two games a week right now? Because it's not getting better." And things like this happen when you're playing out the string. Eighty-one fifty, ninety-three nine. That's uh, the number if you'd like to get in here. I just thought it was kind of interesting that that, that people were like, "This is now mean that Louisville's keeping him." Uh, I, I don't, 
I don't agree with that. But I think it's worth calling attention to the fact like he looks out of place. Yeah. That now it's like it's not even that it's bad. It's like this looks like the whole job is un- is uncomfortable to him. Right? Like it wasn't that they were getting blown out. It's like the job of putting the team out there prepared, it just looks like it's torturous to him too. And it does. It does. It doesn't look fun for anybody. I agree with the sentiment like it would there's there is an element of this being merciful if they were to go ahead and, and do that. Uh, I think the problem is, is it merciful to stick somebody else with that for a few weeks? I don't know. I know we got we got Mike on the phone, but maybe Kevin. we can uh, Kevin. Yeah. See, I don't I don't know anything. Then, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I should have known it was Kevin. Um, but this is something that we didn't really touch on on Friday. That tweet I sent out on Friday, kind of outlining the rest of the year and the 12, now 11 remaining games and asking everybody what they thought the final record was going to be. I don't think anybody thought we were beating Virginia, so that is kind of besides the point, but it might have colored some people's perception going forward about what they think we might be able to do and not be able to do. I think we're going to win two or three more games because we're playing the bottom half of the ACC for almost the entire rest of the year. It doesn't mean we, we can't go winless. You know, it can yep. still happen. But just based on the offensive ability that we flashed at times i think they steal one of these you know one of these games down the stretch against a georgia tech or or notre dame notre dame you know one of the other teams that are in the bottom three boston or four college. with us boston college that we played i think we played twice down the stretch i think that's right clemson which is now in the bottom half of the, of the league again got screwed over the weekend they did big time let's get kevin in here kevin thanks for waiting buddy welcome into the driving on the boat what's up Am I a joke to you, Biscuit? I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I just I miss uh, uh, I, I misheard the name, and I was like, of course it's Kevin, and he's going to be upset with me. Fine, Perry. I'm Absolutely. sorry, buddy. You should be. No, I I watched the game, um, and it just I have never seen such bad basketball. Like there's there's you know having a cold shooting stretch. And then there's what that was. Yeah. And then they were abysmal on the other end. And, yeah, you sit there and ask yourself, is this – do I want to put someone else through this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of – I'm not going to, like, say – because I'm not going to judge them on the results on the court. Like, Pagese, I didn't judge him by the results. He was put in a hard position, and he did the best he could. But when he was out there, he was pointing at guys' chest saying – this you're, this is who you're playing for. This is who you're playing for. That out there, what you were doing, that's not Louisville basketball. And he would call them out. Look, again, they did not win many games. But at least he, you know, it wasn't, oh, I'm going to smile and I'm going to shake some hands. And, oh, man, you know, next year, we're going to be great next year. I'm going to get more all these players. Like, you have no one signed. Everyone that, I mean, and it's no one's going to want to come here and play because, Regardless of what you think of the talent, Sky Clark was a five star. I mean, is he? You know, he does have spurts. Trey uh, Trey White, he he had he had a very good season at, at USC. Um, God, uh, Curtis Williams looks good. Uh, Caleb Glenn, when he's out there, he you know he gives you everything he has. Uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, he's playing much better. But it's just not. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, hey. Here are, here are great five guys that play pickup basketball that have never played together. 
go out there and play a team that isn't as good as you, but they've been playing together for two years. And it just it, it's just hard to watch. It is hard to watch. And and I know we, we're talking about the coaches that we want to bring in. Um, I don't want I, – I, everybody keeps saying Beard. I don't want Beard. Yes, he's a good coach. He's obviously a good coach. But everyone keeps saying the charges were dropped, all that. Look, I, I, I get it. People like to bury their head in the sand. But, pe- you know, people of, you know, DV, you know, uh, domestic such and such, they drop charges a lot out of fear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want him anywhere near here. You know, and everybody keeps going on, well, Ole Miss did it. I'm not Ole Miss. We're not Ole Miss. We're not. Yeah, I get it. But we have – you also have to look at what we're coming out of. I don't want that. I don't want any – I don't want anything to – anything near that. It's just there are plenty of other great candidates out there that do not come with that type of baggage. There's baggage. You know, uh, I kept hearing about, well, John Harbaugh just wore, won a national championship, and he was suspended. He was suspended for cheating. That's completely different. You cannot equate the two. You can't not. You cannot. And it is, it's kind of infuriating that you even are. Even if you don't mean it that way, it's infuriating that you are. Because there are people out there that deal with that, and it's not, it's not a joking matter. It's not something to be swept under the rug. It's something to be taken very seriously because there's still a stigma to it. And I, I know I'm rambling. I know I'm, I'm going off. I apologize. I'm getting ready to go do some breaks, and then I'm going to go work on another. Guess what? Big truck. Don't want to, but got to. <laughs> uh, you know, it's another one of those bad days, but it's a little bit better from 3 to 6. I appreciate y'all, as always. I'm sure you'll hear from me later this week. Y'all have Thanks, a good Kevin. one. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate uh, Thanks, that. Thanks, Mike. Just kidding. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, look, we haven't done a whole lot of uh, coaching candidate uh, talk. Uh, because it's not open yet. Uh, so, look, I'm not going to do uh, a whole ton of that, but we've talked about the risks and such involved uh, in Chris Beard. So there's, there isn't a ton for me uh, to go down the, that road. I, you know, I had it out a little bit with Blanket Baker over the weekend on uh, social media, and he and I don't see it the same way, and that's okay. Yeah, You know, I'm a big boy, so is he. Uh, he can defend him, and I'll say I don't care for that. And... We'll see what they. I think we both hinted at yeah. more than hinted at how we feel about it. Yeah. That he has a ton of baggage. It's serious baggage, and whether the charges were dropped or not, it seems like an unnecessary risk for Louisville to take. I, Those situations are complicated, as Kevin said, and I understand that people feel like it in every direction. By the way, right? Yeah. People sometimes feel like it's unfair yeah. to to hold people to charges that were dropped, but it's just a situation where that is always a complicated. And the, the nature of that in sports, especially, and with other, uh, um, you know, uh, prominent public figures, tends to be a complicated situation. Whether there's uh, once the, the shine, the light shines bright. A lot of times, people don't they drop the charges, and it's not because necessarily. I'm not. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it's not necessarily because it's not true. Okay, and that's 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 it's just a complicated matter in every direction, as you said. I don't feel like it's baggage that we can take on as a university right now, and frankly, I don't want to. I don't want to have to explain that away. And it's not a PR thing only. It's just it's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's principles. Yeah, as well. I yeah, like, I want to. Just the only thing I wanted to respond to that anybody has said uh, about that is, I have not liked. I'm not saying that Louisville couldn't hire him. They could. 
but if they did, I wouldn't love it. And there would, I think there just want to be a lot that I would want to know about. Uh, or that they would, I would hope they would want a uh, massive in-depth investigation about what actually happened. Yeah, just you have to if you right. hire him. I would want that for sure if they were going to do that, and I, I would really push back on more the challenge that like that that he's that any coach can be so good that you just don't care about that. And I, that is where I think I've had my biggest issue with Mark is that it's like they don't. My moral compass is set to win. Yeah, we've heard that. Well, mine is times. not. Yeah, uh, and most people's is not, uh, and and I don't accept that. Or Ole Miss didn't care, and they don't care about this in the SEC. Well, I don't care if they care. Also, Texas is joining the SEC, and they cared enough to fire him. I mean, look, this is not the the thing that people can't do is equate NCAA violations with this. That's what I'm saying. Is that is that you say? Well, I I don't care. Like I would hire Harbaugh. I would hire this and that. Fine. This is something completely different. Completely different. It's, the, it's, it's questions about the nature of the person that you have as your head coach. And I just, when you're talking about somebody who coaches kids, or young adults, who is the face of your university, I don't know if you can take the chance that something like this might happen again or, or, or rear its ugly head. Right. I don't think I'm sorry. It's just that he's not the only guy out there that can right. do this. I don't think he's uniquely good that you just – brush aside any of that because Dave, I don't think anyone is uniquely good enough that you brush. Like if, if Louisville could hire Steve Kerr with that background, you could not, I would not accept the argument from you. Look, but he wins. I mean, he wins or, or, or bill self, but he wins like no one can win enough to justify not looking into that sort of thing. And the risk involved in bringing him here. And that's the only problem I've had with Mark, like sort of his advocacy is just sort of the dismissiveness of, of anyone who wants to be like, wait, what about, it's like, well, they don't care about that at Ole Miss. Well, I don't care what they care about. And, and, and I would add, I think Ole Miss is a place that has to do something desperate like that to get a great basketball coach. I don't think Louisville has to do anything like that at all. I think Louisville can have a great basketball coach with nothing to apologize for. And I, that's what I would prefer. And guess who wears it if something happens in the future? I'm sorry, guys. That's just how it is. And that's, that's just there. <laughs> so you're a, saying they should do more digging than the Browns did on Watson. Yes. Yes. That's a great way of saying it. That's all. That's hey. it. Texas did. Te- uh, Texas wants to know, did Texas let him go with cause? Yes, they, they most did. certainly did. And they stuck to their guns. And he didn't fight that. He didn't win it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what you need to know. Let's get Ted uh, in here. Ted, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Well, not much. Uh, the good news, yeah, I don't know what the what everybody's obsession is with Beard. It's the good news is is that we're talking about getting a different coach, and that's yeah. that's what I'm going with. And the other good news is that you could probably literally go through the phone book with the blindfold on, pick somebody that would do better than the staff. So that's yeah. where we're at. I mean, anybody who coaches high school basketball in this state could do better uh, than the guys we have running the show right now. Um, so I don't know why Jerome Tang isn't, uh, you know, number one on everybody's list, considering how quickly he took Kansas State to a to a Final Four, but um, mm. it's good to hear that we're uh, moving in a direction where everybody's just kind of coming to the 
you know, to the conclusion that this uh, this is going to be over. Uh, it'd be amazing if it's not. Um, you know, it would be like wow um, if they actually kept him for a third year. I'll uh, it'll be something. Uh, I never forget uh, for the rest of my life. But anyway, have a great show, guys. Yep, thank you uh, very much. Yeah, that's I like his his approach. Let's find common ground. At least we're we're talking about other candidates. <laughs> There's the common ground that's involved there. But we are. And, and look, I, I almost want to just declare like. You don't have to say, like, if there's a year three. Like, I almost want to tell people you don't have to. It ain't happening. It's, it is not happening. We, uh, it's, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm worried that it's going to get ugly between here and the end of the year. I'm very concerned. That's what I, you know, like, that's, that's why I wanted to move on because I feel like it's just going to get uglier. From the, the play on the court to the, the, the fans that just can't stand to watch this, you know, and, and the rhetoric about Josh Hurd. I think it's all going to get ugly. And just to read this texture from the UPS Jobs text line, said, wanting principles is what got us here. Hire the best available. Nobody cares about that stuff. Clearly, just in the last five minutes, we've had countless texts and calls from people that said they, they care about this yeah. stuff. I promise you, lots of people care about it. Lots of people care about it. And wanting principles is not what got us here. Hiring the wrong man is what got us here. Yeah, wanting principles. See, that's the problem with principles. That is a, a shockingly missing the point uh, of any of this. Uh, this is not a negotiable principle here. Wanting principles. We, yeah, we got to go back to when we didn't have principles. I, no, thank you. First of all, I reject the idea that Louisville was super successful when it had no principles. That's not true. No. That's, that, that is just that is not when true. When was that, by the way? I'm just saying, like, I understand Patino. I'm saying I, I think that that person is thinking, you know, Patino, Patrino, we're here, and, that you know, they're, they're scoundrels, and Louisville didn't care. But I got, like, that's when people started to just fetishize yeah. that, like, the right thing was what other people don't like. And that's not always true. <laughs> it's just not. That's being a contrarian for no good reason. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people can track it, want to track it, so when... The personal issues happened with Patino to where the yeah. downfall started, which I don't fully agree with. Right. But I also agreed at the time that we could have fired him and moved on. I don't know what it would have looked like since then, but principles aren't to be run away from. And they certainly aren't holding Louisville back. We'll take a quick break here. Be right back on the drive on the end of the 